Well, good morning. This is uh, the last opportunity I'll have to, to speak to you all before I leave for Kenya, Africa, and Uganda. Um, I haven't, haven't said a lot about it. I've told you all I'm going. <laughs> But um, I feel like the Lord's really kind of, He's not really allowed me to say a lot so far. When I say He hasn't allowed me, what I mean is, I do my best to share the mind of God for a service, and it just hadn't really been in His mind, apparently. <laughs> but, and I don't like talking about myself so much, but I heard the Lord say this this morning to me. As I was standing there next to my wife, he said, Tell your story. So, don't know exactly what that means yet, but we'll, <laughs> we will do that. I do have uh, some other things to talk about as well. And it, we've been talking about the things of the Spirit, and this will be along the same lines. And uh, it's just amazing how God ties things together. This morning, the way that Alan ended is a little bit of where I want to pick up. <laughs> he was talking about spiritual experiences. Hallelujah. And see, we're not just to seek, we, well, really we aren't to seek spiritual experiences. But oftentimes we'll have an experience with God that gets our attention. Unfortunately, in the Pentecostal church especially, we've some, in some ways we've developed a, a hunger and an appetite for these spiritual experiences just because of the, Lord, I hate to say it that way, but the entertainment value that it brings. Sometimes we just want an, another feel-good uh, session with God. We're looking for another jolt, another pick-me-up, another run around the church, another fall on the floor, and you know all of these things which are wonderful. And it's a great experience to have to it, when it's really God. It's awesome. I love it. I've been in those services where people are just laughing uncontrollably, where there's people, you know, other people are crying and some that are experiencing some other deep uh, moment with the Holy Spirit. And there are wonderful things to experience, but, but that is not where we're supposed to live our life, nor is it where we're supposed to draw all of our um, spiritual energy from. Our spiritual strength from, I'll say it that way because energy can have, people get weird with that. So we'll say our spiritual strength should not just come from these experiences. But that doesn't mean the experience doesn't have a merit. Doesn't mean it, it isn't important in our life. And I want us to look for a moment in Exodus chapter 3. We'll start in verse 1. Exodus is right after Genesis if you're looking in your Bible. (laughs) 
Verse 1 says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and beheld the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Now Moses knew what it was like to be in the wilderness. And my understanding is that these bushes could spontaneously combust, and that's not a big deal. Like, it happens quite regularly. There was nothing that phenomenal about a a bush catching on fire. But this bush was not consumed. Verse 3 says, And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see the great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush, and he said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, but put thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows." Now I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherein the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now would you say this was a spiritual experience that Moses had? He saw this bush, but what's interesting about this is it says in verse 3 that... Moses said, I will now turn aside and see the great sight why the bush is not consumed, why it's not burnt up. And see, I believe when God brings these spiritual experiences in our life, it's for a reason. And he's trying to get our attention. And it was up to Moses because, like I said, he'd probably seen a bush burn several times before. But he said... I'm going to turn and see. He made a decision. I'm going to see what's happening over here. And when he decided to turn, then God began to speak. If Moses hadn't turned to see what was going on, I don't know that he ever would have heard what God had to say. So see, in our life, there are times when God comes in such a miraculous and spectacular way that it gets our attention, but it's up to us whether we're going to turn to see what that's all about or not. 
See, just because God showed up doesn't mean that you turned to see what it was. And, you know, this was a personal... You know, there wasn't a whole bunch of people out there in the desert with him. <laughs> he didn't have a congregation that came to see what, it ha- what was happening. He didn't have... He didn't put it on Facebook and re- record it and say, Look at this and see what I'm doing here. This was a very personal time between him and God. So personal, as a matter of fact, that the Lord said, Take off your shoes because where you're standing is holy ground. See, when we have a a, a true experience, a true spiritual experience with God, it's a holy thing. It isn't something that we get entertained by in our natural senses and, and hope for the next time that we can get a good buzz, tingly feeling. But this is something where God is coming to get our attention and get us to turn away from something that we're doing and caught up in to look and hear what He has to say for us. What What He has to say to us. And sometimes it's beyond our imagination. Sometimes it's beyond anything that we could have ever comprehended. I'm sure as God began to speak to Moses and said, Listen, I've heard the Israelites calling unto me. I've seen their bondage. I've seen where they're at. And I want to deliver them. I'm sure Moses is thinking, That's a good idea. (laughs) But then he says, You're going to go talk to Pharaoh. And then he's like, well, hang on a minute. You know, uh, uh, I think it's great. They need to be set free. All those things need to happen. But, but you know, you don't, God, I, I don't speak well. You know, Moses had all kinds of excuses for why he couldn't do what he said. But when Moses, when it came down to it, Moses began to obey the Lord. He didn't have this burning bush experience every day. God didn't show up to him in a bush and say, don't forget, I told you to go talk to Pharaoh. Now, yes, there were amazing things that happened. Yes, there were phenomenal miracles that took place because that was the way God had to work with man being that they were not yet born again. But it was from that one experience of the burning bush that God launched Moses into this phase of his ministry, into that which he had called him to. And I don't believe that God is wanting to come and, and, and visit you every morning with an angel to wake you up and tell you what he's called you to do. But, but yet he may do that. There may be an experience that is to catch your attention to turn to what God is saying. But see, it's up to us to turn away and to follow the instructions that God has given him and to walk in that, in the wisdom of that, and that wisdom and that grace and that power will sustain us as we continue to develop in the realms of the Spirit and in our spiritual walk. We don't develop from that spiritual experience. That's just a one-time thing. It doesn't really grow us up immediately. All of a sudden, Moses wasn't ready to speak. As a matter of fact, that's the last thing he wanted. It took time of walking with God. It took time of, of following and, and, and continuing to turn away from his own ideas and look to what God is saying. And that's what I believe that these spiritual experiences that we encounter in our life, they come for a reason that we might turn away from the things of the natural to follow after that what the Spirit is saying, what the Spirit is doing, what the Spirit is calling us to. But there are some people that they're 
well, I, I don't like to use the word revival, but I'll, I'll say it in this context. They're revival junkies in that they want to go to the next revival service, the next meeting where they believe God is moving just so they can get another touch and another move and another experience with the Holy Ghost. But when God's really wanting them, there's nothing wrong with going to the services. But if nothing has changed in your life from that experience, then you haven't applied the purpose of what God came to you for. You know, um, Dave Roberson had a spiritual experience. Before he started preaching, he woke up from a dream. God spoke to him in that dream. But you see, it caught his attention, and he had to decide, am I going to just keep doing what I'm doing? (laughs) Am I going to keep logging? Am I going to keep working day after day? Or am I going to actually turn and do what the Lord is saying to do? What this experience has brought light to in my life? An experience from God is not just there to, to tickle your fancy, to make you happy again, although it, it can do that. But it's to catch our attention, to show you that, hey, there's, there's something that needs to change in the way that you're walking now to get to where He's called us to. And so in my life, I've had these times of spiritual experiences, if you will, and I can remember one of the first times I was uh, uh, at a prayer meeting with a group of Rama students. I didn't go to Rama myself, but my brother did, and he invited me to. I got some of the inside scoop because uh, he was my brother, so he invited me to some of their uh, meetings that they'd have with their friends. It wasn't really a school meeting; it was a, we were at an apartment with a few other Rama students. First time I'd ever been in a setting like that, really. And the order of those prayer meetings was we'd come together and we'd worship and we'd pray in tongues and uh, see what the Lord says, see what He does. we just kind of, you know, flow the best that we knew how we'd flow with the Holy Ghost. And, and honestly, it was in those meetings that I first learned how to experience God and how to flow with the Spirit in some way. And I'll, I'll never forget it. This, this lady that was leading it, she said, Tonight, God says, we're gonna, you're going to birth your ministries. So she said, whatever it is that God's called you to do, I want you to just imagine yourself doing that. And we're going to pray in the Holy Ghost and God is going to birth that in our lives. Now see, you could, you could try that. <laughs> but this was not something that we were trying. This was by the leadership of the Holy Ghost. This was a word of knowledge, you could say, or, word of, or something. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was moving. And so only thing I, that God had said to me at that point is that he had, I knew He'd called me to preach. That's the only thing I really ever heard was just one word, preach. And I hadn't preached in a church or I hadn't preached anywhere. And for whatever reason, the only thing I could think of was like a a high school auditorium. And so I saw myself standing in front of a high school auditorium preaching. And I started praying in the Holy Ghost. Just imagine myself doing that. Well, as I'm doing that, then that disappeared. And I see myself somewhere else and I'm preaching to people. 
And then that would disappear and I see myself somewhere else. And I, and I began to tell that I could see myself in other countries. And I could see myself laying hands on people. I saw little babies getting healed and, and, and I saw people getting delivered and people coming up by just droves of people coming towards me and laying hands on them and seeing them get healed. And I, I would see this over and over again in my mind. And that would disappear and I'd see another scene that was similar. Sometimes I'd be out in the sand. I'd see it. Now I was young. I didn't know anything and I just thought man that would be pretty cool I was just thinking you know this is my imagination this is what I'm thinking of and this woman who was leading the group she came to me and she said she well she started prophesying over each individual and when she got to me she said the anointing of the evangelist is upon you I've called you to the nations and to the to the people and she began to describe the very things that I had been seeing in that moment and I just broke down and was crying because I thought the God of the universe the God that created the earth is speaking to me right now and I, and I re- remember that experience and even though that's the only that's probably the most vivid experience that I've had concerning my call and that was 20 something years ago (laughs) many years ago close to 30 years ago probably yet that experience now see I could say well I need to I need to look for that again I need to go back into the prayer closet see myself doing what God's called me to pray in the Holy Ghost and wait for God to show me something But see, that's not what He wants us to do. He wants us to take that experience and then do what He said to do with it and begin to develop our life according to His plan. Now, I was young, so I didn't know really what that meant. I could have... It wasn't... (laughs) Okay. It wasn't too long after that that the Lord started telling me other things. He told me, and I began to see myself ministering in Africa. Now, there are things that we'll experience with God, and there's things, there are spiritual encounters that we'll have that we have to determine, is it God, or is it our imagination? Is it God, or is it something else that's, that we're experiencing? Sometimes it's very much in the realm of the Spirit, and sometimes it's God, but the Bible says that there are many voices, and none without significance. And so we have an opportunity to determine which direction we're going, which, which one is the Lord and which isn't. And when you're young and inexperienced and when you haven't really developed your relationship with the Lord and you haven't developed that inner man to a place to really know the difference, everything you hear, oftentimes you think it's God. And I heard the Lord say this. He said, I've called you. I want you to go to Zaire, Africa. At that time, Zaire was the largest country on the continent of Africa. It's no longer even a country. I think it's called the Republic of Congo. And, um, and I believe that was the Lord. I really do. Even today, I still believe that was the Holy Spirit getting my attention, you could say. But then, as I thought about that, I started hearing... Uh, and seeing things that were not God, that I thought were God. I see myself with a passport and 
going to the airport. And then the people would ask me questions like, well, how are you going to do that? And how are you going to? And I said, well, you know, I just see I'm, I'm going to meet somebody along the way that's going to invite me. And, uh, we're gonna, and, and all this whole plan started evolving inside of me. But the truth is, it, it, it all seemed like God, but it wasn't God. Because I was still looking for that experience that I'd had and, way, and thinking that that's how God is going to lead me. And that's how he's going to give me what I need in order to do what he said. But see, that's not how he, that isn't how he develops us in the realms of the Spirit. That isn't how he trains us or prepares us for all that he has for us. Thank God I knew a little bit about praying in tongues. Not, much, not as much as what David taught me, but I knew a little bit. And so I would just keep praying. And the thing was, I, I did quit my job. I was full of zeal. I was full of excitement. I knew this is what God had called me to. I'm about 19 years old. And I quit my job. I was living in an all-bills-paid apartment. Just graduated from school. And uh, from Spartan, I had my electronics degree, electronic communications. And I, and, and I was there working at some fast food place. And I quit my job. And I was sitting in my house. And I'm waiting for someone to knock on the door with a ticket to go to Africa <laughs> and some time goes by and I was fasting because the only thing I had was water <laughs> didn't have any money to get food I didn't have, you know I barely had a quarter to call someone at that time you could put a quarter in a payphone and and call somebody I barely had enough to do that but it took some time until it was really my brother Doug who has always been very influential in my life he's my older brother I want you to know that. He's, and <laughs> we're, there's three of us. Doug's the middle one, and then I have uh, my oldest brother, and there's really four of us, my sister. But the three boys, he's the middle one. Doug said, you know, he says, Hans, I believe God's called you to Africa. But he said, um, now is it possible that this isn't really <laughs> the way that he's going to do it? And began to reason with me, and we talked about it, and we prayed about it, and I realized that, you know, I didn't know what happened. I was like, well, God, what was that all about? You said you called me to Africa. You told me to go to Zaire. And see what can happen when we have these spiritual experiences with God. They're so real and so phenomenal and so awesome that we're ready to go and see it happen right now. Because in the realm of the Spirit, it's as though it's already done. And so then our natural mind begins to uh, try to bring that to pass. But see, God doesn't want us to start out in the spirit and then end up in the flesh. Because if I wanted to, I could have then said, okay, well, if this is what God's called me to, I've got to figure out how to, how to pay for these things. And I could, uh, you know, uh, work my... I wasn't married at the time. There'd be a way I could raise enough funds. I could get enough money. I could go... See, that's what one man said. That's the thing about faith missions, what we call faith missions, where you're not necessarily tied to an organization or denomination. If you have enough money, you can go. So... He says, wonderful, if God's called you, you got enough money, you can go. But the problem is, if He hadn't called you, you got enough money, you, you could go. And so, oftentimes, we can get caught up in just this experience with God that we've had at this one moment where the Lord has showed us something, and it can skew our life in such a way that we miss the development of the Spirit chasing after that supernatural or spectacular experience that happened. And I believe, as Alan was talking this morning, I began to understand a little bit the prophecies that have come forth here where God talks about where He said, 
Don't be distracted even by my glory. Don't be distracted. Because I do believe we're going to see spiritual experiences along the way to revival. We already have, but I mean, I believe there will be some phenomenal things that will take place on the way to revival. But if we allow that experience to take us down a path that God isn't taking us, then we could miss the fullness of what God has for us. See, there was a time when I was in business. And the Lord spoke to me to start that business. And I believed that it was God. And I, and I still would say, yes, God led me into that business. But you see, I was so caught up in the fact that God told me to start that business that I wouldn't walk away from the business. Because see, when we get, you get a word from God, you ought to follow it. You ought to believe it. We got to grab a hold of it. And that was my thought. I'm going to be tenacious in this and I'm going to follow God. doesn't matter. It got to the place where I, I have checks that were written out to me for paychecks that I have to stick in the drawer because I can't cash them. So we didn't have any money. But I said, but this is what God said to do, so I've got to keep doing it. And there was some truth to that, but there was a point in which God was saying, it's time to walk away. But I couldn't hear Him because I was so caught in that first word of This is where I want you to go. This is where I want you to be. And many times we find ourselves looking at someone else and saying, God spoke to them to do this and look at how successful they've been. So when God spoke to me to do this, why am I not seeing that same success? And and the thing about the spiritual experiences and the realms of the spirit is that you don't get to walk in someone else's spiritual shoes. You don't get to walk the same walk that they walked. And so when we look at Dave Roberson and and we say, well, look at Dave, he quit his job and he started praying in the Holy Ghost and he got an international ministry. That's that's phenomenal. But you know, if you didn't listen to the the messages in between, you missed out all of the hardships and all the difficulties and all of the, the things that he went through and how he would say, I wouldn't advise this same thing to you because of what he did go through for one thing. And so we have to understand that a spiritual experience is a personal experience with God. A personal time that is holy and committed unto Him and is for the purpose of developing us into what He's called us to. Not just a purpose to make us feel good. It's not just to give you Holy Ghost goosebumps. It's not just to fall on the floor. But it's to catch your attention so that you will turn to Him and continue to walk and develop that calling and that walk with Him and and allow Him to bring you into the fullness of what He has. Because he He does have phenomenal things in store for each one of us. You know, as, as I'm preparing this week to, to go to Kenya, I've been thinking a lot about the spiritual experiences that I've had in my life. And I've been thinking a lot about the people who have influenced me and the men of God and women of God that have been in my life. And I don't know any better way to honor not only the men and women of God, but to honor God Himself than than to step out and do what He's asking me to do. Step out into into this. Hmm, Help me, Holy Ghost. Hmm. See, 
See, we, we have to not just step out into something that God's called us to, but we have to be willing to walk with the Holy Ghost and walk with the leadership of the Spirit and not the leadership of the flesh. So that when we do step out, again, this we're talking 20 plus years of desire and heartache and hopefulness and then things not happening and hope deferred and and, and into a place where now I'm saying even in this I want to know Lord is this really even today I know I'm leaving in three days and I'm still saying Lord I'm going to do it the way you want it done and you know if I wake up on Wednesday morning and you say no don't get on the plane I won't get on the plane For there is a day coming for each one of you to walk and to step into the calling that I've put upon your life. For many, you've wondered what that might look like. And you've said, Lord, I'm not called to preach. I'm not called to travel. What will it look like for me? <laughs> and the Lord says, Do not be afraid, nor be intimidated by any other gift or calling around you. But trust and look to the realms of the Spirit and see me. For I am calling you. And I am holding you and taking you by the hand. And this is not a competition. This is not a race to see who can arrive first. But this is a family event. In which all are invited to come and see. And you will know. (laughs) As I prompt you. As I woo you by my spirit. There will be some that will be a gentle nudge. And you will wonder. Should I go? There will be some that I will pull aggressively. Into the things that I have for them. And you will wonder. Why me? But you'll see in the days to come that I will begin to bring you out in the normal happenings of your life. I'll bring you out into the realms of the Spirit and you'll learn to recognize my promptings You'll learn to recognize my guidance. You'll learn to recognize my pulling. And in those times, 
in those times, you're being prepared for the days ahead. So don't worry, nor question what will it look like or how will I know, but trust the process of maturity. Trust that I am dealing and working within you each and every day. And listen, obey, and exercise that which I am doing even now in your spirit and in your life. And you'll see that you'll be prepared for the days ahead, for the days when I deploy you into the, the, the calling and the the task, the uh, anointing that's on your life. For I am manifesting myself through each one of you. And it's many of you haven't even realized how much you already know. So this is a time to be sensitive and be aware and recognize the callings of my spirit. Recognize the, the drawing away, the pullings. The times when I'll, I'll prompt you to come away with me to pray. The times when I'll prompt you to do another task. And as you learn to do those things, and as you follow me in that, you'll see that you'll be prepared for the days that are coming when I deploy you into that which I've called you to. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, let's just worship Him for a minute. Lord, we just worship You. Let's give Him praise, Father. We just worship You. We praise You today, God. We glorify You, Jesus. Thank You for preparing us. Thank You for taking us into those realms of the Spirit, Lord. Thank You for speaking to us, guiding us, directing us, leading us, Lord. Thank You, Father. Hallelujah. We worship You, Lord God. We glorify you, Jesus. We worship you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Tulsa's in revival. Hallelujah. Glory. Ha 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 ha. Horababasatala. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. Devil, I serve notice on you right now. You leave God's people alone. You go from this place in the name of Jesus. I command every demonic, harassing, tormenting spirit right now. You leave in Jesus' name. No, you can do it. The Lord says you can do it. You can do it. The Lord would say to you, who are you to say what you can and cannot do when I've called you? When I have called you, when I have spoken to you, when I have raised you. Who are you to say you cannot do it? Oh, For I say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you have within you the power to walk in that which I've called you to. For there have been some who have wondered and have even allowed the enemy to convince them that they'll never be more than what they are right now. 
that, oh, maybe this is just all that God has for me. But yet within you, there's been a, a stirring and a longing and a vision that you've let die because of the emotional attack that the enemy has brought into your life. And the Lord says to you today, be free and, and go back to that which I've called you to. Do not let go of that which I've spoken, but grab a hold of it and you'll see that the greater one that's in you will bring to pass that which I've given you. Do not let go. No, you're not too old. No, it's not too late. No, you're not too weak. But understand that all that I have said will come to pass will come to pass. Glory. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah, Jesus. So I don't know who that's for, but I do know this. God's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's strengthening people, even right now by His Spirit. Now, you could call this a spiritual experience. That's all right. (laughs) We need Him once in a while. But let this experience do something to you where it changes you and you continue to walk after Him. Now, don't come back again next week looking for another experience. (laughs) But come back ready to be a part of what God is doing. Ready to go further with Him and walk into the next phase that He has for you. Hallelujah. For you see, there are seasons. I'm just going to talk for a moment. There are seasons in God. There are seasons in the Spirit. And sometimes it may not look like anything is happening. There are seasons in, in, in the natural. When you look at a tree, there's a season in which it is dormant. There's a season in which there's fruit. There's a season in which there are leaves. And, and you could look at that tree in any one of those seasons and wonder what is its purpose. You might come to an apple tree in the wintertime and you'll see it and there's no leaves on it, there's no fruit on it, there's nothing happening there and you wonder what is its purpose. You might say, why does it encumber the ground? Let's just cut it down. Let's get rid of it. But no, it's, the, the, it's not its season right now. But yet, it still has a purpose in that season in which it is growing its roots deep. It is grabbing nutrients from the earth. It is developing its inner being so that when the season comes, it's able to put on leaves. And then you'll see it in that season and you'll say, look at all the leaves that are on this tree. What good does this do? It's kind of pretty, but I don't see any real purpose in it. But see, even in that season, there's things that are developing within it. The image that was inside that tree is beginning to come come forth. And it will put on blossoms and and bloom and it will be pretty and sweet smelling, but yet still not in season. But you could come back later, maybe in a month or two months or three months or however long it might be, and you see that tree and it's so weighted down. It's so full that you don't even hardly have to reach up and there's an apple there. Some of it has already fallen to the ground. There, there's so much there that anyone could come and eat from it. And this, these are the things that God is doing in the realms of the Spirit even in this place is that there are seasons that we go through that some might look at and say they don't think much of it. What is going on at that place? It seems like there's nothing happening. But understand that in the realms of the Spirit I'm growing your roots deep. I'm providing the nutrients that you need to sustain you for the days that are ahead. Realize that I am developing within you a spiritual stamina that will allow you to stand when the enemy comes to destroy that which I brought to this place. For he's come before and he'll be here again. But understand that I am developing and have already developed enough stamina within you to be able to withstand the attacks of the enemy. There's not men on the earth today 
who have seen what we're going to see from this place. There's not a model to look at and say, I want to be like them. But there is one whom you can turn to. There is one whom you can model after. There is one whom you can develop into and see that when He is at His fullest, when Christ is manifest fully in you, then you'll see what I hasn't hasn't seen. You'll hear what ear hasn't heard. You'll hear what has not entered into the thoughts of man. Because there is coming a group. There is coming a group that is mature in me. It will be able to steward the revival that I'm bringing to this land. For some have wondered why the wait, why has it taken this long? Why does the Lord tarry? And I would say to you, I am developing a group, a people, who will be mature in the Spirit and able to steward that which I'm bringing to the earth. So choose today to be a part. Choose today to be one who will be matured, who will be able to steward that which I bring. Keep hearing this word outside, outside forces. I don't know why I opened my Bible. But, yes, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> wow. There are outside forces, forces outside of this um, body that the enemy is using to try to disassemble and break down that which I am doing. But I say to you that in me there is safety. In me there is security. In my presence and in the times of prayer and times of fellowship with me, you'll find the strength and the comfort and the security that you need. That you so much so that you won't even realize what the outside forces are doing. And it's a time in which you must be focused inwardly on what I am doing because if not, you could be distracted by what they are doing. And what I see right now as I, as I was talking, I saw this building and I see a group meeting and gathering here. And on the outside, I see rioting and uh, destruction and devastation. But it was as if those that are inside here didn't even realize it was going on. And the whole purpose of them out there is to get you to go from in here to out there. Now, I'm not talking about this particular physical building. But a place of the Spirit that God's called you to, He's trying to keep you there. And the enemy is raging with everything he has on the outside to distract and to draw you away and to get you to do this and to do that. And the Lord is saying, now is a time for you to focus on the inward things of the Spirit. 
I just hear some real practical things. It's like the Lord saying you may have to dictate to someone else what needs to be done out there so that you can do the things you need to do in here. That means having a schedule for time of prayer, having a schedule for time of spiritual exercise, whatever that might mean to you, fellowshipping with Him in the realms of the Spirit, a time to do those things which you've neglected to do. Those keys that you've left hanging on the keychain. Those keys that you've left. You've got all these keys and you kept using the same one to go through the same door. But the Lord's saying, now's the time to focus on all the keys that I've given you. Pick up the ones that you've left sitting there. Go through the doors that they'll open. And you'll see that I'm developing different areas in your spiritual life. And there's some of you, you become spiritually fat in one area. And the Lord is saying it's time to exercise. It's time to step into the next place that I have for you. The, the other key that I've given you. You spend lots of time praying in the Holy Ghost. It's time to meditate the Word. You spend lots of time meditating the Word. It's time to fast. You spend lots of time fasting. It's time to worship me. And you allow me to develop these things within you. And you'll see that those areas that where you thought you were lacking, they, they're more developed than you understood. But there's other areas that have been neglected that as you develop them, the understanding you are looking for will come forth because you've allowed me to bring you a new perspective. Hallelujah. He's preaching better than I can. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Glory. Woo! Glory, glory, glory. Mm. Now I know, you know, I'm excited because I'm getting ready to leave, but there's something stirring here today. The Holy Ghost is, is bringing us something to uh, get our attention. I believe we're experiencing a spiritual experience today where the Holy Spirit is grabbing a hold of us and saying, listen, you're on the right track, but don't forget all the other things that you have to be doing at the same time. Don't forget, don't neglect the keys that we've been given. You know, uh, hallelujah. Sometimes, like I said before, sometimes we get so bent on one thing that the Lord has said to us that we can't hear something else that He says. And I use the example when I began to start my business, there was a time when the Lord told me to leave and I, and, and I couldn't do it. Like, I was like, no, why, why would I do that? You, that's, I bind you, devil. <laughs> you know, why, why would you tell me that? I know this is what God said to me and I haven't seen success and so there's got to be success because it's what He said. And we have these ideas of that if God has told us to do something, it's because He wants to bring some kind of uh, whatever picture we have that He wants to bring. But you know, He wasn't bringing me uh, the type of success that I, that, that I saw in other people, so I didn't think that it was God. But you know, sometimes God has us do stuff just because He wants us to obey Him. And we don't always know the outcome. We don't always understand what he's, uh, the, the reason that He had us do it. We don't always see that which we had hoped for. And I've seen that over and over again in my life. And I've asked the Lord about this. Because I know that God has spoke to me. I know some of the things that He's told me to do. And yet I would follow Him and I didn't see the, any kind of 
tangible success. And he said, well, you're learning to obey me. He said, the thing is, if you had success, you'd follow after that. So I want you to follow me. There'll come a day when you'll see success. But see, right now, I'm just teaching you to follow me. Glory to God. I'm trying to follow the Holy Ghost this morning. Not get too far into fun stuff, but... Everybody just close your eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here today. But we don't want to miss out. We don't want to keep going down a way that you're not... We're stopping to turn aside and to say, Holy Spirit... What is your desire right now, Lord? What do you have for us? Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your anointing and your grace. Yes, sir. Mm. So with every eye closed, every head bowed. Hallelujah. you say that was me that you were talking about that was me the enemy has tried to tell me I can't do it or you've thought in your own way I can't do it I can't do what God's called me to do and you've allowed over the whatever amount of time you've allowed these thoughts to overtake the call that you know is in you. Hmm. If that's you today and you say, I, I really need to be stirred up. I really need that. Touch today. I do. I, I've let it go. It's no longer the desire that it once was, but I know He still called me. I need that fresh touch today. If that's you, just raise your hand wherever you are. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, Lord, thank you. Just go ahead and put your other hand up and just worship God for a moment. Speak life into you in the name of Jesus. Receive that touch. Receive now in the name of Jesus. If you're listening right now, receive in Jesus' name. For the same spirit that first called you, the same spirit that you received when you were born again is within you now. And it is stirring up those gifts those callings, those 
desires that I have given you. So allow me right now to restore and strengthen and stir up those gifts that are in you. <laughs> oh, mama, mama, Yes, thank you, Lord. I release that anointing to you right now. I release that to you. Let release that touch of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I was going to have a prayer line, but I feel like he just wants to do it like this. So just say, Lord, do it. <laughs> have your way. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, hallelujah. Hmm. I don't. Sometimes he's talking to me and I'm trying to decide if I'm supposed to tell you or just if he's just telling me. Yeah, okay. Then I'll just tell you what I heard. He said, I'm not done with prayer lines in this place. But he says, this is a time where I'm developing people so that they'll receive from me by my spirit with without with or without the laying on of hands doesn't mean that we won't have prayer lines it doesn't mean that prayer lines are not valid it just means that right now he wants you to receive by the spirit and he says you're old enough and mature enough to be able to do that so that's a good thing hallelujah Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay. All right. If it's all right with you, I'm just going to testify for a minute. <laughs> I'm going to testify. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah. Glory, glory, glory. Mm. Hallelujah, Jesus. Sometimes this presence comes and it's so peaceful and it's so comforting that I don't really want to do anything. <laughs> so I'm 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 waiting to make sure. He's Satan Chala. Even right now, even now, the Holy Spirit is ministering. Peace, comfort. Yeah, he's brought me back to that vision that I saw and what it reminded me of. Pastor Dave used to talk about God's aggressive peace. And he would say, you know, the storm can be brewing on the out, all around you, but you're sitting in your house with your feet up, <laughs> sitting in front of the fireplace in his peace. He's building a haven for those who will receive it. For those who will come. There's a haven of protection and peace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to finish this service out. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we're doing in Africa and testify a little of how God's been so good to us. I told you already, it was many years ago that God first spoke to me about Africa. And it's been years of laying down my desires, my hopes, my things. And then seeing some of it happen and wonder if that's it. And, and, and a lot of 
ups and downs to where I've matured enough that I'm settled. And you know, um, Gary has a testimony of how God called him into the ministry. Alan has a testimony of how God called him. Dave, we've talked about calling that he has the way that God called him. And if I looked at those things, and then I, I would say, well, or I could say, the way God calls people is you have to quit your job, and he'll provide, and you've got to trust God, and that's just that's what you do. But see, there's been a few times when God's had me quit my job. And I thought for sure that that meant that I was going into full-time ministry. And he was going to provide that way. But it, it didn't happen that way. And then I'd wonder, did God really speak to me? Is that really what he said? But see, he was training me and teaching me along the way that the real pattern, the only pattern we can follow is whatever he says to you, that's what you do. And there's going to be people that don't understand and there's going to be all kinds of things that happen. But in the midst of it, we trust Him and follow Him. So anyway, we've gone through all of that. And now, as I approach the day to go to Kenya this time in Uganda. Forgive me if I'm speaking slow and not making sense or something. Just, <laughs> just bear with me. Hallelujah. As we prepare to leave this time, I've had a hard time describing what this, what this is. I'd say we're going on a trip, but it's not really a trip. When I'm moving, so I can't say that. <laughs> so, I, so I said, what is it? And the word that I've gotten really is, this is a deployment. See, we're all in the army together. We get deployed into different areas and different things and different callings, different giftings. And this, I'm being deployed into the call of Africa. Now, over the years, there have been many people that have tried to convince me that you're called to go and to come and to go and to come. And I said, no, I'm called to Africa. God's called me there. Uh, and we'll, we'll live there now. You could say we, have gone, we do go and come, come and go. All of that. But there's coming a day where we're going to establish what God has for us there. Anyway, on this preparation for this, in preparation, oftentimes what I'll do is I will have different types of fundraising and different things like that. But you know, the last time when I went to Africa, there's something that came over me and and I just, it came out of my spirit. I didn't say it out loud, but I remember I walked into this home where there was a couple that are missionaries there in Uganda. And when I walked into their home, something hit me. And, and I just said in my heart and my spirit, I said, I don't want to fundraise. And I realized, see, I'm not called to that. I'm called to preach the gospel. And when we were preparing this time, I haven't said a lot about it. And, and part of the reason is, is the Lord wouldn't let me. He said, I, want, I don't want you to think about money. Now, we, we did send out emails, a couple, and we did put it on social media that we're going, and we do uh, give people the opportunity to give, but I didn't put out a budget. I didn't talk about what it's going to take to do this. And, and the thing is, I'm going to 
we're, we're, I'm going to be away from my regular income for over six weeks. You know, I have no income from my job for six weeks. We go, we pay for our own things. We pay for our own hotels. We pay for our own food. Now, a lot of times they'll put us up someplace and different things like that. But for the most part, we're self-funded. And I can tell you that we are going fully funded to Uganda, Kenya and Uganda. Fully funded. And the money came in in the most, more, most unusual ways. People would just send me a message and say, Hey, do you take Venmo or do you take Cash App or do you take this or that or whatever? And, and, and I'm not talking about $10, but some would give $2,000, $1,000, $500. And for us, these are huge amounts. Like we never had received anything like this before. And so, no, God didn't say, quit your job and trust me. But it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> he said to me, you know, I don't want you to think about money. It's easy to say that, but, you know, it costs everything we're doing costs money. <laughs> we Play tickets aren't free. You know, places to stay aren't free. Uh, transportation isn't free. But yet God has continued to pour into us the necessary, the, the means necessary to do all that he's called us to do. And this time, I told you a little bit that I had a dream not long ago. I don't even know if it was a dream or what it was, but I woke up. And when I woke up, I, I was saying, I, was, I don't know who I was saying it to, but I was saying, it's as if God has reached down, grabbed the nation of Kenya, crushed it into blood and put it in my veins. Now, you know, I've said many times God's called us to Africa, all of Africa. But right now, He's having us to focus on the nation of Kenya. And over the years, it's taken many years, but I'm going to say 13 years that we've actually been going to Africa, coming back. And people would ask me, What's your vision for Africa? I say to preach the gospel. <laughs> I really, uh, that's really all I had. And it took until about the last time I went with Solomon, 2019, God was able to really put a whole bunch of pieces together. And I'm embarrassed a little bit because there was a, an experience that I had there where the Lord spoke to me. He said just a few simple words. He said, Welcome home. And when I went back to, I was with a group of people, and when I went back to the group, one of the ministers brought me out, and he, he said, listen, he says, Hans, we, we always had hoped that you'd be our missionary. He said, I want you to know this is your home. We'll build you a house. We'll do this. We'll do that. This place is yours. This place over there is yours. This other property we have is yours. And, and I thought, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that nice? They come back and it preaches really nice and all of that. And one day I'm driving in the car and the Lord said, to, well, actually, a friend of mine called me where I had ministered and I gave that testimony. And he said, Hans, he said, I don't want to offend you, but can I, can I tell you something? I said, sure. He says, it sounded to me like you didn't believe what you said <laughs> when this man said this was your property. I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? You think I'm just going to stay over there? And he says, well, I don't know. But <laughs> did, did he say it or not? He says, you said God told you welcome home. And uh, 
I got off that conversation with him and I just began to weep. And I said, God, I didn't take you seriously. And I contacted that man and I said, what, what did you mean by this? And he said, Hans, I mean, all of it is yours. Whatever you want. Now, I know that there's legalities and there's other things that have to work out and there's going to be some things we're going to work out. But this is what the Lord has given me on that property in Kenya. We're going to develop a transformation center. This will be a place, there'll be a church, there'll be a school of ministry, and there'll be an agricultural center where people will come and they'll learn how to grow food for themselves and to sustain their, sustain their families and sustain themselves. And we have a friend in Uganda who's doing this already with, the, with a farm. He's been here to the prayer center, actually. And um, he's doing much of that, but we're taking the curriculum that he's learned. This man... One, I believe, the second best farm in Uganda. The government themselves are sending people to him to be trained on how to grow foods. He's having Muslims coming to his farm to learn how to grow. And he says, you know, when you feed people, they'll listen to the gospel. <laughs> and he's seeing people born again and saved. And so we're, we're, we're taking that curriculum and implementing that in Kenya. I mentioned something last week, or and people asked me questions about it, so I'll clarify a little bit. I said, by this time next year, we'll have our own place <laughs> that we could invite you to come to. And I, that, I'm not saying that we're moving to Kenya, although we, we will. <laughs> what I'm saying is that I believe if God's will is done, we will have established something that is ours, where we have ownership of property in Kenya. And there's something about ownership that gives authority in in the land. I don't want to teach that or go into that but I, but I believe that and so um, if God's will is done and I say it that way because that's what we're after is His will <laughs> yeah. then um, we'll begin establishing those things and by the time we return we'll have full blueprints and full budget and full understanding of what it's going to take to absolutely develop what God has for us there and, and, and I believe that this is a model for what God wants to do throughout Africa. It's just the beginning. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I say all of that. And, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll leave you with this. If you're um, interested in following what we're doing. While we're in Africa. It will be available on our website. Our website is burningtruthafrica.com And there's a link on there that says Africa 2022. And so if you click on that. We're going to do our best to have live video as well as recorded video, pictures, and uh, we'll, we'll update that the best we can. Now, please bear with us. Sometimes the Internet is not there uh, like it is here, but there'll be times we'll be able to update. So we'll do that. Um, you, can, you can follow us that way. Social media as well on Facebook. We'll have lots of things posted there. Hallelujah. I just can't get away. The Holy Ghost is really, really here today. <laughs> it's really, I, I really sense His presence yet still. So I'm wanting to close this, and, and I will, but um, could we do this? Could we, could we close today in worship? Just uh, maybe a, a, a worship song. 
Uh, I think I am going to go ahead and, and close and dismiss, but I want to invite you to stay and worship for, for just a bit longer. Don't forget about us. I know you won't, and I appreciate your prayers. I appreciate all that every one of you have done. I know many of you have supported us financially, and all of you have supported us through prayer and, and love and concern. And we just, we really, really love our home here at the prayer center, and we thank you. We would thank God for Pastor Dave and what he's developed and for all the leadership that's here now. So I'm going to be leaving with Teresa, my wife, Jonathan, our youngest son, and then my brother-in-law, his name's Milo. So be keeping us in prayer, believing God for no malaria, <laughs> that, we'll, that we'll be kept safe and healthy, that we won't... Uh, won't encounter any of those things that are uh, out there. So let's just pray. Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. And Father, as we worship you today, I'm just asking you to complete the work that you began in us. Complete what it is that you want to do here so that we can continue to walk in it, continue to follow you that we wouldn't just be looking for another spiritual experience, but we would draw from the experiences we've had and, and use those to remind us to press forward and go further with you, Lord. Teach us, lead us, direct us. Keep us on this path that you have for revival. Thank you for touching each person here today, meeting every need that is represented. For all you've done, Lord, and all you're about to do, we just give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. In Jesus' name. All right, I'm going to dismiss you into worship, and um, whenever you want to let people go, you can. <laughs> you can. All right, so, and if you need to leave, you can leave anytime. God bless you guys. Love you.